0: This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook podcast.
1: Gobble, 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 gobble. Welcome to Sportsbook. I'm Dan Roberts, and this is our Thanksgiving edition. Because it's Thanksgiving, and I assume many of our listeners will be watching football on Thanksgiving Day, we are going to do an NFL turkey edition. What do I mean by that? We are going to discuss this year's, so far, NFL turkeys. So who are this year's turkeys in the National Football League? I bet you, the listener, can think of some. But to hear some more, and to hear some of mine, I'm going to bring in my internal favorite guest, when we don't have someone from the outside, Miles Udland, my colleague, an NFL fan, and our markets guru. Hi,
0: Miles. Hi. I'm here to pinch hit. All right. Pinch
1: hit. Uh, Listeners of the sportsbook podcast will recognize and remember Miles from such hits as golf and also NFL. We only have
0: like three weeks until we need to do the full Tiger podcast. That's it. Which we, we will, will be have
1: doing. a podcast on Tiger. So come back for that. I know we had some great. Uh, the truth is, I, I I might have heard the most from people about our golf podcast in the past. Yeah. I don't know if that was under the Sportsbook branding, but well, now we will be bringing you, Sportsbook listeners, a Tiger Woods-related podcast. We'll see how that does in the 2018 PGA Tour season. Exactly right. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, briefly, let's let's kind of situate ourselves in the current NFL season. Uh, we know all the news off the field, and we will get into that. But let's just talk football. Where are we?
0: It all sort of starts with the, I don't know who the turkey is in the Kaepernick situation, but I think probably just just the league. I think the league is the turkey. I mean, now we have a lawsuit coming about collusion for not signing him. Uh, It's great. So we get discovery on emails and calls and texts between owners. I don't think they want that stuff to come out because I think you and I both suspect that there will be something resembling collusion and getting him not signed. Um, And that has to become a huge... Um, you know, pockmark on the league. It's basically the main story. Uh, we're talking about the Vikings and the Patriots. And frankly, I don't think many people care about the football this year when it comes to the NFL. The games have been just so so. Yep. And all the other storylines, um, you know, lend itself to being able to do a podcast about turkeys of the NFL exactly that doesn't right. have to do with the play.
1: Exactly right. And, and even before we get into that, one more point, and I don't want this to become too much of the, you know, another discussion of all the politics. But uh, there is this, you you quickly sort of said just now, and you said it almost as fact, and I agree, but it's not, you know, it, it's not a, uh, objectively true. You say it, and people on Twitter get mad and disagree. But I, I wrote a story over this past weekend about the Goodell-Jerry Jones situation, and my kicker was basically, we're talking about all these different things, and you know what people aren't talking about? Football. And it's not like I'm the first to say that, and actually an anonymous NFL team owner told ESPN the same thing a, a week ago. And... I tweeted out my story with that language. I said, you know, Goodell uh, and Jerry Jones are fighting and these other things are happening and no one is talking about football. And I just said it as fact. And like three or four different people responded to me and said something like, guess what, idiot, I'm talking about football. Or, oh yeah, no one's talking about football, idiot. I'm watching the football. And it's like... Okay, it, it's true that it's never black and white, it's never one thing, and sure, everyone's still, I, I certainly don't deny this, everyone has their team, and that's always going to be your team. I, I will always watch the Patriots games, but just anecdotally, I mean, as, as recently as two years ago, I would have watched any NFL game. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Oh, football's on, and I'm free. I'll watch. And this season, not out of some uh, noble, take a stand, look at me, Just it just has just happened, that I haven't watched any games other than Patriots games. I don't want to watch. I'm just not as interested. And so when I say, oh, people aren't talking about football, I really do believe that that's generally true. I think that's fair to make that as a blanket generalization.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, and so that is why I would say turkey number one is the NFL at large. Um, And so to your point about not wanting to watch any NFL game when it's on, I think... You know, the Thursday night football is a great example of where they made a miscalculation in how popular the game was. People are now tired of the NFL. And so, you know, I think your decision to, to do something else on a Sunday is because, well, you know, the NFL is no longer asking for my Sundays. They want... My Thursdays, uh, they want me to watch ESPN debates about what the best offensive line in the league is my Mondays. all week. They want my Mondays, I and mean, that's always been a part of the league. But right. that that product has had a lot of trouble, mainly because you know ESPN has been getting bad matchups. And I don't know if there's something the league office is doing, if it's just kind of luck of the draw, if it's the fact that you know parity in the league, uh, which the NFL claims to like, has actually resulted in just mediocre play. Um, right. So parity turns into... The Falcons make the Super Bowl. The next year, they don't really look like a team no. that's much of anything. We have the Eagles as the best team in the NFC. Well, no one really knows about the Eagles. They have made the playoffs since, I think, 2013. Mm-hmm. So, right. like, you know, who are these guys? Why do I care?
1: Right. There is parody this season, <clears throat> but it's it's parody of no one is very good, Yeah, including but, the Patriots. No one, to me, looks very good.
0: And, and parody, parody is very hard to market, right? So, you know, if you go to, like, Goodell's thing of protect the shield, it's all about the shield— uh, that also assumes that the shield is something that people have um, kind of a brand association with. So if you think about the—I uh, don't know if our listeners will know who Scott Galloway is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know who he is, and he has this idea the, that you know millennials have associations with brands the way that people used to associate with maybe their hometown. So millennials have a strong affiliation with Lululemon yes. and Apple and Nike, and I think the NFL bet— that people had that association with the NFL itself. Right. And it turns out that much like baseball, the NFL is a regional game. People have an yes. association with the Chiefs, with the Seahawks, with the Raiders, but or they don't Or even care. you could
1: go as far as with the conference. Like sure. I'm an AFC person. Sure. I really don't follow the NFC closely. The NFC teams I know, I only know because they've been recent foes of my team. Right. So I follow the Seahawks. The Seahawks in the last four years have been a you know a re- repeat Patriots, opponent Mm -hmm. um follow the falcons because we destroyed him last year at you know historic upset but otherwise uh, i don't know the standings of the nsa yes and the giants Uh yes
0: Um, but yeah so that would be my argument on why i think the nfl itself is a turkey i think they miscalculated the popularity of the league um and there's a few different ways you could also go with why the nfl has blown it but i'm interested in what your first turkey is uh i will give you my first turkey now just one little response, a lot of
1: people include, oh, the matchups haven't been good, the, ga- the actual games haven't right. been good. And yes, that certainly it's fair to include that as one of many different reasons right now that the ratings are down. However, I, I find it difficult to blame the league for that, because how can they know, you
0: know? Yeah, that goes to the parity point. You know, parity really just breeds mediocrity. So then you say, oh, well, the matchups are bad. Well, the matchups are the same every eight years. Um, well and right they, and also
1: usually uh, what do we see Cowboys Giants like six times. Right, it's every usually season. fine. Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> you talk about the you know quote unquote the matchups. Well, we go around the league. The matchups are Broncos Chiefs nine times a year. Yeah, Jets uh, pats. Jets pats sure. Eagles-Cowboys, Cowboys-Giants. Like, it's all the same... Packers-Bears. (laughs) Packers-Bears. It's all the same... Packers-Cowboys, if they play. You know, it's all the same teams playing in primetime games in that 4 o'clock window on Fox or CBS. And so people associate the league with those eight teams. Um, But when the league is... You know, built on randomness, uh, no one's going to watch Titans Jaguars, even if it's a prospective playoff matchup. No one really cares about the Panthers. Um, You know, maybe the Steelers are a draw, but when the Steelers, you know, Steelers Ravens is another one that they play nine times a season, always on Sunday night. Um, And again, I think that's the league has miscalculated how fungible maybe it's. Um, fan base is right. that the number of fans who just want to see any NFL game, like you said, you were a few yeah. years ago, um, is either not growing or it simply was a mirage. That yeah. when it was Peyton Manning every week, people cared about quote unquote the NFL, but there's no Peyton Manning, and Aaron Rodgers is hurt, and Tom Brady is kind of divisive. Sorry, all right, um, your turkey. Well, anyway, and just so to reiterate, I don't blame the league per se for bad games. I, I don't blame them
1: for <laughs> low-scoring games, uh, and I agree with you. You you only briefly touched on it, but. The many teams that are starting a quarterback who sucks, why not at least try Kaepernick? He's there. He's ready. He's healthy. So turkey to all of them. The Niners, the, you know, uh, the, the Texans after Deshaun Watson got hurt, could have gone after Kaepernick. He's there. He's ready. Uh,
0: the Packers. Just don't
1: get it. And uh, again, let's not get too into this, but, but we discussed this a few weeks back with Rick Newman. Uh, come next season, when maybe all of this has blown over, but maybe not. Will Kaepernick get a chance to play again? We'll see. Maybe, maybe it's clear that his NFL career is over. It's just gone too far. But but we'll see. My first turkey, I alluded it to, uh, I alluded to it before. Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones all around. And obviously the most recent news peg there, the many, many reports. And boy, talk about leaks. I mean, more leaks than the White House. Right. Uh, ESPN every week, Don Van Natta and Seth Wickersham, a little shout-out to them. They seem to just get everything. It's like every time two owners get on the phone, ESPN is reporting it a few days later. I don't know who's talking to them. Maybe maybe they're all talking to them, except Jones. But not just this recent news of Jerry Jones trying to stall Goodell's contract extension, which, by the way, let's remind everyone, even if he's right per se, about something which I think he's he's reasonable on, and that is why do we have to extend him a year and a half before his current contract ends? Can't we wait a little? He's he's not wrong about that. But you already voted. They all voted, including Jones, voted to extend him. And now he doesn't want to for pure sheer self-interest, which is, oh, you're gonna suspend Ezekiel Elliott? You know, now I don't want you extended. Terrible look. But you know, it's not just that. Even before that, Jones was quoted in a lot of these stories about the owners infighting as a result of Trump's attacks. Jones was quoted along with um, who was the other one? It wasn't Kraft, but another prominent owner. They said they were angry at Jed York, owner of the Niners, for not uh, nipping the protests in the bud a year ago by either benching or suspending Kaepernick or just telling him you can't do this anymore, which to me is just. So delusional. Forget where you stand politically. Forget if you are offended by the protests and think that it's wrong and you hate Kaepernick. But to hear that some of the owners are now going to try to blame Jed York, who is, I think, the youngest team owner, and say that he should have just, you know, handled it. I mean, look at the size and the magnitude that this issue became. How can you put it on Jed York? That, that would have been a major moment. And God knows, uh, you know, hindsight 2020, who knows how it would have gone. But let's say he had said, oh, no, 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 we're going to bench you if you do this. Maybe that would have blown up in his face. And the story wouldn't have become this divisive player protest, but that a team owner uh, quelled and, and squashed the free speech rights of his player. Uh, so I don't fault Jed York at all, but, but even if you do, how can these owners try to blame him? That's a desperate sort of last ditch thing of, well, I mean, they're just trying to look to anyone. And it's like, dude, the situation is what it is now. You got to look toward the future. Uh, And then to list a third uh, data point regarding Jerry Jones, the Papa John's, John Schnatter Uh comments, uh, John Schnatter. So Papa John's had flat sales in the quarter, same store sales, 1% rise. And he blamed the NFL and the protests. And Uh, Those comments blew up. Everyone said, shame on you, Papa John's. And the newest thing is, don't forget that Jerry Jones is a Papa John's franchisee and a friend of Papa. And some people believe, and and this theory is gaining steam now that Papa John's has apologized, that it was actually Jerry Jones who was behind the comments all along and uh, steered Schnatter to say those things, uh, to serve as his mouthpiece. So bad, 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 turkey, 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 Jerry Jones,
0: turkey. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about Jerry Jones is, Position as a turkey now is that, uh, and Deadspin had a good story on this last week, outlining how Jerry Jones has become um, sort of the shadow commissioner of the NFL. And if you go back to when he entered the league as an owner in the late 80s, he changed a lot of things about the NFL's approach to itself. So he saw the NFL. As a business, he saw it as something that it needed to grow, something that could be leveraged. Um, he kind of famously pitted uh, CBS, Fox, and NBC against one another for the TV rights deals. I think it was in 93. And that was when the NBC had, I think NBC had the AFC and CBS had the NFC. And Fox came in, bought the NFC. CBS got the AFC. A, a, Situation that still exists till today. Those TV rights deals won't come up again until 2021. That will be a very interesting, um, you know, negotiation when it comes about. But you know, Jerry changed the way that the NFL looked at how it could be monetized. He famously has the Cowboys merchandise licensed on its own rather than as part of the 32 owners. So you know, a lot of the league's success now and the the valuation of the league and how much money it makes. Can be attributed to things that Jerry has done in terms of being aggressive with branding, not just the Cowboys but the league at large. Uh, I think his personality is very brandable, and I think people resonate with that. But yeah, he has. It seems that he has misplayed his hand this year. Um, you know, kind of much in the same way that uh, Bob Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, sort of was. I don't know. He on the outs is not the right way to say it, but it's what's coming to my head. He he had himself in a weird spot during the whole DeflateGate thing because when your star player gets in the crosshairs of the NFL league office, which has its own issues, um, you know you are liable to say some things that are likely regrettable in public, or say things in meetings that then get leaked that you know come out regrettable. Um, And speaking of leaks, I would like to get to my third turkey. Wow! Or my second turkey, the third turkey overall, which I think might be a little bit off the beaten path in terms of notable names we've discussed a lot this year. Um, But I want to say it's going to be Bob McNair, the owner of the Texans. So he famously had the quote, which has gotten a lot more interesting in the last week. Yes. So the first quote was reported as, we can't let the inmates run the asylum. Now, the first, that was a leaked quote. The first Kind of take on this was he was referencing the players kneeling and saying that they were not following. The implication was that he was saying they weren't following the procedure of the league, and therefore we needed to rein in the players. Uh, A number of Texans kneeled the week after in protest of that. Now um, knelt, knelt, knelt. I think both are. I don't know. Knelt. Um, (laughs) It's like laid versus lay, right? Uh, And then last week in Don Van Nata's story about Jerry Jones, it was revealed that this quote was actually in reference to certain owners having more power than other owners inside the owner's room. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah. So wow. well, I'm learning it's basically, something live in real time. It's basically that the inmates running the asylum was the compensation committee and the Jerry Jones influence over that um, kind of having them— and, or, excuse me, it was it's the league office— Right. So the uh. inmates of the league office, this sprawling organization that right. now has former regulators, former white shoe lawyers or white heel lawyers. Um, and that these folks were becoming more powerful than the owner themselves. And he was saying that Goodell and the league office have forgotten right. they work for yes, us. exactly. They right. don't work for them. The NFL. League office. Right. And uh, that is an extremely interesting spin on that take. Uh, and so I think. You know, he becomes a turkey because that quote got out, uh, and now he had to deal with kind of the double backlash of that. One, he's, you know, it seemed like he was upset with his players when, in fact, he likely wasn't. And also now it's clear that he is very upset with the league office, which he was under the understanding works for him, but actually works for themselves. And I think this plays into the bigger theme that the NFL itself— just has a problem. It has a problem managerially. It has a problem with its image. It has a problem with its ownership, with its players, with its players' union, with its fans, with its sponsors, with its TV partners. I mean, there's no place the NFL can go and say, oh, that relationship is in great shape right now. Um, Maybe people at the league office like each other. Uh, But I think the league office itself is certainly a problem for the league. Um, And so, You know, Bob McNair becomes the turkey for having this quote come out. But I think it's another indication of how the league structure has become a turkey unto itself.
1: Okay, I like that one. Good one. Bob McNair, a good turkey. Uh, If we're back to me now, this will seem repetitive, but I'm saying the league for different reasons than we've gone over. You said the league earlier and we were talking about maybe too many games. We were talking about the ratings decline and and some of the the PR issues. Uh, I want to focus specifically on player safety. We are hearing, and of course, yes, the noise rises every year. I've forgotten about this one. But in the last few weeks, repeatedly, I see someone making the case of, and actually the irony is that it's become a contrarian take. Because the political stuff has gotten so loud, mm-hmm. it's become contrarian to say, I'm bearish on the NFL, the NFL is in trouble, but it isn't because of the political stuff, and it isn't because of the ratings. It all traces back to one thing, and that is head injuries and CTE. Uh, you know, when that stupid movie came out, Concussion... I shouldn't say stupid, I didn't even see it, but stupid in the sense that it just looked so overdramatic and I didn't see it and I heard it wasn't good and, and everyone said, oh, watch out, this is, this is bad for the league. It really wasn't. The movie itself I don't think can be credited with, with much. You know, It wasn't what, you know, some people were saying, oh, this movie, it's going to bring this issue back to public consciousness. I don't credit the movie with doing that. But now, this year, somehow uh, the, this issue seems to be more on everyone's mind than before. Uh, we had in the seat, sitting in the, in the seat you're in Miles, this great sports writer, Rich Cohen, who's written a number of bestsellers, very smart guy, good writer, uh, good talker, and he's a Chicago guy. So he's uh, got a new book out about the Chicago Cubs. But before that, a few years back, he wrote about the 85 Bears. The book is called Monsters. And he mentioned to me, this is the reason why the NFL's in trouble. Forget all the other noise. It's about head injuries. And it's because Yes, they can make a new helmet and say our new helmet is more safe than ever before. Or yes, they can they can say well, we have a new concussion protocol. But when he wrote that book on the Bears, and that team, the 85 Bears were were known for being monsters because of their defense. They're hard hitting. The linebackers were so scary they would just murder you. And he said, a couple of the guys he interviewed talked to you know he'd asked them about the the, the issue of head injuries and the violence. They said this game is violence. It is war. We would go out there, and they were happy to admit, which, which is great. I mean, it's good reporting, good interviews. He said they, were, they would happily admit. We would go out there, and our goal was to injure them. We would go out there, and we'd say, we, who's, their starting, uh, who's their backup quarterback? Because we're going to see him today. If we do everything right, we're going to see their backup today. Because they wanted to injure everyone out there. And that's scary, but it's really important, and it's key, because it's a reminder that I don't know if they can make this game safe. You can try to make it a little incrementally safer. But can you ever make it a safe game? I mean, I'm ready to say, and I know that then people make fun of this. They say, oh, liberal, you know, progressive. But I don't want my kids to play football when I have kids eventually. I'll let them play quarterback. Because you don't, well, you don't get touched that much. But I don't want them to to go out there and be a a lineman. I don't want them to be a running back where you're getting banged on the head. Terrible. And we have to wait to see the end-of-season injury report because they put that out and they're transparent about that. and. I forget if it was last season or the season before, but in some recent season, the number of of concussions or players removed for concussion protocol went up. We'll see this season, but just recently there was the issue with Jacoby Brissett, where the team had to say afterward, "Oops, the the proper protocol was not followed." It's bad. I think it's it's the number one issue. Forget everything else.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, Rich has obviously spent uh, more time than us talking to ex players that. You know, from our seat, basically covering, you know, business news, uh, it seems that the distractions around the league are a bigger deal than the structural problem, right? So that would sort of, this would be, the, n- the noise would be Papa John and Jerry Jones and all this stuff. But if you look at- Trump. Um, yeah, Trump right, tweets. Right, Trump tweets. To use a markets analogy, the you know, m- the earnings fundamentals, right, of the stock market, strategists would say, are strong. That's why stocks should go up. Well, the earnings underwriting the NFL are the play itself. And because of the concussion issue, because of the rules around the collective bargaining agreement, how much they can practice, how long guys are lasting in the league, how much yeah. turnover there is on rosters, the play itself, sort of the earnings return from each individual game um, is in structural decline. Yep. Therefore, the value of the league and, so and the, the popularity future of the league yeah, yep. should, should, should be lower than, than perhaps it once was.
1: And think of the pipeline. Uh, that's another yep. point I've heard people make is that at the youth level, uh, kids would rather play soccer, lacrosse, what have you. Mm-hmm. Not football, and so who then will be the kids who, in 15 years, are high school stars that are trying to go into the league?
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think the popularity of um, youth basketball, perhaps, uh, as an alternative. Um, if you look at youth sports enrollment last year, you know, track and soccer were higher, football was lower. Football, individual sports, it's interesting. Right. Well, not well, you know, team sports, but yeah, not but as track, not as physical. Yeah, but also track and it's a team sports. Uh,
1: yeah. But the actual game itself, you're out there, you're alone. Sure. Well, unless it's a relay, fine. But, you know,
0: cross-country, individual sport. Yeah, right. Tennis,
1: individual sport. Right.
0: Um, but, I mean, you know, football is still the most popular sport because of the way that it's classified. So indoor, outdoor, track, and cross-country are all considered a separate sports. Their combined participation is higher than football. But foot, football still has by far the most high school students participating. Though, but if you
1: look at the growth line, I think it like was that. down
0: 3% last year. Yeah. And just, you know, just that little bit starts to come off. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, in the theme of declines, nice little segue there. Uh, gobble, gobble my third turkey. turkey, my third turkey, would be the NFL's broadcast partners, um, who I very think— very
1: good. I have one close to that, but it's not that so good. And good. I
0: think the broadcast partners, um, I, I think they know that the league is in trouble. I, I think oh, the yeah. I think the broadcast partners know, perhaps even more than the owners, perhaps more than players, uh, certainly more than, let's say, a high school student right now who is a star baseball football player and is thinking, what should I play? You know, if I'm good enough to be recruited to UCLA to play football and baseball, which should I choose? Um, They might not see that... You know, the structural decline in football, uh, I think, is, is clearly there and that the popularity of the game, the ability to be a star, to monetize your you know, standing in the league is lower in terms of uh, being an NFL player in the future. I think uh, the void that we've seen after Peyton Manning is clear. Um, and so I think the broadcast partners that the league has know that there's a problem, but don't really know what to do about it. You know, how do you get people who don't even have cable to turn on NFL games? How do you get people who are now, you know, satisfied watching a 90-second video on Facebook, watching 10 seconds of a 90-second video on Facebook? Show me the Um, one run
1: where he broke free and ran 70
0: yards. Now I know the story. People, People who go on Instagram, and you can get all the highlights from all the sports events that happened last night on Instagram in about five minutes. And you can get, you know, Russell Westbrook's great pass. You can get the great jam from Joel Embiid. You can get Joel Embiid's fight that happened last night. Right. You can get the kick that Blair Walsh missed, (laughs) and and then you're all set, right? You've got the whole story right there. You don't need to turn on SportsCenter, and you certainly don't need to watch the game. And a lot of people talk about how millennials don't have an attention span, millennials are lazy, blah, 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 blah. Well, I think millennials just realize that spending three hours on a Sunday to watch a football game that's mostly commercials, has about 11 minutes of action time, <laughs> isn't all that interesting to begin with, which a bunch of people that I've never heard of because the roster's turning over so much because everyone's hurt, right. isn't really the best way to spend time. And there's time. the head injuries
1: again. Yeah, the injuries. Yeah, I mean. It wasn't just, it, by the way, I mean, I was saying head injuries, but we also just, you watch a game now. And there's so many injuries. I mean, every five minutes, a guy is lying on the ground and doesn't get up. And it's scary. Right. And it's upsetting.
0: Yeah. So so I think that the broadcast partners become a turkey simply because they are the most obvious party that is uh, holding the bag to use another markets term, right? So, uh, (laughs) you know, the, the analogy is basically when I'm uh, selling some asset at a higher and higher price, eventually I sell it to someone who holds the bag because whatever they own, whether it's a house, a stock, uh, goes down in value and now they're underwater on their investment. So Mm -hmm. I would say the broadcast partners are the most obvious example right now of someone who I just don't think is getting their money's worth. I mean, the number of people who are watching the NFL, might not impact ad rates this year. It might not even impact them next year. But when we look at 2020, 2021, when the new TV negotiations come up, I mean, I don't think anybody at the league office right now uh, two years ago was preparing for flat contract negotiations, which I saw uh, someone in the know discussing yesterday on Twitter uh, that, you know, this number could be flat. And I don't think that Facebook and Amazon and Google are going to come in with a couple of billion dollars to make the NFL owners whole. No. I mean, Amazon is nibbling at the edges, right. and I would Almost be, just to be involved, and just I, as they look at I us. Would be, I would be surprised if Amazon thinks it's really worth it for them to invest in the NFL in a meaningful way. I mean, these companies have huge cash streams coming from other areas of their business— um, the NFL would be a vanity project for them, and right now, you know, the reflection isn't so pretty. So I think, yeah. you know, the broadcast partners become a turkey simply by virtue of having the most obvious uh, decay in sort of what they well, are and they're not presenting. taking action
1: yet. I mean, they're waiting, 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 holding, hoping, keeping their fingers crossed that maybe somehow this, this obvious trend that is obviously happening will mm-hmm. turn around magically. Uh, and by the way, when we talk about, oh, you know, you said maybe we won't see a decline next year, but soon— well, they already last season saw something that hadn't happened in years, which was some of these broadcasters had to give free ad time right. back right. to advertisers. And let's remember that when we talk about ratings decline, at least in the season that it's happening, it doesn't affect the revenue of the league. Those yeah, contracts have been paid. Yes. And I think people get that wrong. They say, oh, no, you know, leagues, the league's ad revenue. No, no, no. league's ad revenue is fine. It's the broadcasters. Who now have to say, Oh, the ratings weren't as good as we said they'd be for the ad space that you already bought and paid for. So instead now we owe you some ad time.
0: That's yeah. terrible. Yeah, and now another thing, um, again, just because, you know, I'm I'm usually thinking about markets and, and so the way that investors talk about things like this, right? So you can have growth that is disappointing. So ad rates could go up next year three or four percent. But if you were expecting right. them to go up 10%, you've got a huge problem yes. on your hands. Well, it's just so- like
1: public companies. They expect profit to grow every year. It's not good enough if it doesn't grow by more than it grew last year. Yeah, it needs to look grow at Disney and percent People mistakenly say, oh, ESPN is losing money. Right. No, it isn't. It's very profitable but it is less profitable in the last few years than it used to be. And that's not allowed in
0: the the public market. Right. And so, you know, in an environment where we're seeing, you know, 21st Century Fox considering, you know, basically breaking up the company, disbanding it. uh, Everyone is in play, right? You know, crossing this morning is that the DOJ is going to sue to block the AT&T and Time Warner merger. Um, Everything is up for grabs in the media space, which means behind the scenes, things are not as good as folks thought they would be two years ago. So people are now looking at projections out again to the end of this decade. You know, people are not sitting in that room in the at and Time Warner deal and not thinking about the next NFL negotiations, because this matters for all blue chip broadcast properties, whether it's the NBA rights, whether it's the Oscars, um, you know, name your big TV event. The NFL package probably matters the most. It has the kind of the highest value in terms of, all right, here's where the market is. We can set the market here. Everything else will fall in line. And so if these growth rates kind of disappoint Relative to expectations, I think broadcast partners and really just the media, um, you know, the media space in general has a major problem.
1: Okay, final turkey for me. We've done three each. Well, I've done two. so' will be my third, uh, and it brings us back to business. Brings us back to what we like to do: Yahoo Finance, big companies, but it's the sponsors, the NFL sponsors. Uh, a couple of them have done great. A couple of them have somehow navigated this correctly. Most of them are sitting there biting their nails, they don't know what to do in terms of the optics here and the public statements expected of them. We are in an era, and it's not just football, but football has been the best, starkest representation of this uh, overall trend. And that is, we are in an era when consumers are forcing brands to take a side, to take a political side. Brands are being forced into politics whether they like it or not. You know, Tiki Torch had to come out and say, as if it had to be said, but it did. They had to come on and say, we make tiki torches for fun backyard gatherings, not for Nazi rallies. Tic Tac, when Trump was on an audio recording saying, oh, I have to pop a Tic Tac before I kiss someone who doesn't want to be kissed. Tic Tac had to say, Tic Tac respects women. Oh, did we need to know that? I, wow. Well, but in case you doubt it. And to bring it to the NFL, after the... Most, the, the, the week in which the noise was the loudest, and that was after President Trump in Alabama, week three, okay. at an Alabama rally on a Friday night, went on a long tirade. And by the way, people focused on, oh, uh, owners should suspend players who kneel. But that, he, went, he said a lot of other things in that rant. He complained about uh, too many referee interferences calling hard hits. I mean, gosh, that's not something you hear often is people saying they're doing too much to worry about concussions. You know, let them play. You don't hear that often. You hear
0: that on sports radio. I'm Sure. Right. I don't know. Like yeah.
1: Right. Uh, but after that was the big week when suddenly there was pressure on sponsors to issue a statement. Where do you stand on this current issue, the, the Anthem Crusade? The anthem protests, and then, by the way, quick note: some people say, "Oh, don't call them anthem protests because they're not protesting the anthem." I know, but I think it's fair to say anthem protests. We all know what we're referring to. We're not saying that the players are protesting the national anthem. They're, that's not what they're doing.
0: Protesting racial inequality in the U.S. and during doing, during the national, the national anthem. anthem. They're not exactly. disrespecting the military. Exactly. Well, cetera, some people think they are. Uh, so there's a good, there's a really good story where Colin Kaepernick spoke with a Navy SEAL, and that's why he decided to kneel instead of sit. Right. So Because the, exactly. the SEAL said it's less disrespectful to kneel than it is to sit. Right. Anyway. And, he said,
1: and he said, I love our flag and our anthem because sure. it's what allows me to right. have the right to protest. Whatever. Let's not everyone's, do that. Everyone's
0: screaming at their podcast right screaming. now. These liberals. Yes. Liberals. Yeah, exactly right.
1: Um, now, these sponsors, most of them have either been silent, and I know because I've reached out to all of them repeatedly. And they either say no comment, and I say cowards, or they don't even respond which, you know, if you're the PR person at a company, it is your job to respond to me, the reporter. So shame on you. But then a few have issued statements. And then within that few, a couple took a very clear side. I think it's fair to say. Nike came out and said, we support athletes' right to protest peacefully. Period. Not, you know, but we also love the flag, which by, you know, not saying that doesn't mean you don't, but just period. So Nike took a side. The side was... Allow the players to protest. Fine. Fine with us. And then Bose came out and issued a statement. And I was surprised. I didn't know. Bose said, we're based here in Massachusetts, and we proudly fly the American flag at our headquarters and at all our other offices, and we believe in our anthem. And then it said, we also support the right to free speech on certain issues, even if we don't agree. Uh, Well, why include that little hedge, even if we don't agree? Why do you have to say that? So I think Bose took a side. The side was, don't disrespect the, the flag. And then others including, I'd say, Under Armour, which quite literally said, we support our our athletes and also the national. It's like, well, guess what? In this era, you can't have it both ways. And to go back to Papa John's, just last week, Papa John's, two weeks after what John Schnatter said on the call, so why did it take 14 days, uh, issued some tweets. And the tweet said, we support the players and we believe in the right to protest inequality. Well, I'm sorry, but your own CEO said that the protests should have been nipped in the bud. You can't have both of those out there. You can't have it both ways. And it looks like what it was. And I'm I'm just I'll say this stuff. It was an empty PR gesture to try to fix a a now broken reputation. Should have just stuck with it. You know, if you want to be a company that says we support Trump and we are against the protests and we support our anthem and don't disrespect our flag, own it. Many people in the country love it and said, go Papa John. But now you can't try to have it both ways. So many of these sponsors, the ones who have issued statements trying to waffle and sit on the fence, or also the ones who are silent. Our era no longer allows that. You must pick a side.
0: Yeah, and I think... Um, Which is crazy, but
1: that's what, where we
0: live now. I like that turkey a lot, and I think the theme, to me, as you were talking, and I was, I was thinking about this, the theme that emerged in all of our turkeys is that the NFL can no longer live by the axiom that all PR is good PR. People And that have, all
1: Americans, you know, we cater to everyone.
0: Right. No. Exactly. And so, you know, it used to be that if you, you know, it, it would if you go back three years, Bob McNair would have been like, oh, I'm thrilled that people know who I am. Most people don't know who the owners are. But now his name gets mentioned one time with an anonymous quote that was taken that truly was taken out of context. I usually hate that language because it's never taken out of context. Right. This was taken <laughs> out of context. Um, And then the context emerged and it became not an issue with his players, but an issue with the league office. And I think that it's just an example of how anything that's mentioned with the NFL right now becomes toxic. Any comment about it. And political, specifically. And political, right? Um, And that starts, you know, with Donald Trump tweeting about the NFL. We didn't mention him as a turkey because, you know, I, I think that... He's the president, right? He has other things that are going on, and if he wants to comment on the league, go for it. But well, and actually, but the way that it it has has worked well for him, it has worked Uh, very well. I I
1: wouldn't put him as a turkey in this one regard because it's working. The tweets fire everyone
0: up, right? And and I know that a lot of people, you know, uh, you know, kind of rightly take umbrage with he's he's always like people should thank me because I'm the president, right? But You know, he's the president, so if he wants to comment on something, you know, he can comment on something. You don't have to like it. Uh, And so he's not really an NFL turkey. Uh, You know, President Obama used to say things about leagues and things that he liked or didn't like, and no one really cared because he was kind of a, you know, boring, normal president. Um, Trump is a different experience. And so I think what the NFL has lost this year is the the, the innocence, basically, right? The NFL was once a fun thing, just a fun family gathering. We go home Football is family. That was their tagline. I think it's
1: hard to to put those ads I totally right agree. And so, yeah.
0: um, you know, lost um innocence. The, I like that. The turkey is anyone whose name gets mentioned in the same sentence as the NFL Oof. just kind of automatically becomes a turkey. Oof. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, when Bose was signing a big contract to be an NFL sponsor, I don't think they thought they'd have to be talking about whether they fly flags at their headquarters or not. Right. I mean, most people probably would have assumed they fly flags at their headquarters. Right. Sort of a normal thing. Right. So.
1: Well, gobble, gobble, and, uh, boy, we'll see where, where the league ends up. Uh, you know, earlier when we had Rick Newman in here weeks ago and the three of us were chatting, he predicted that, you know, the Super Bowl actually I think it was you who made this, this smart point, but the Super Bowl is almost a cultural event separate from the regular oh, yeah. season. Oh, yeah. So will the Super Bowl remain as popular as ever and, and unharmed? I don't think it will,
0: but we're gonna see. I'm sure I'm sure the Super Bowl will still be a big event, but Yeah, but we'll I think, see the effect. Yeah. Um, well I'm ready for golf season. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I'm excited for. Yep. So, all right, you wrap it up and gobble, gobble. Wherever. Thank
1: you, Miles. And thank you, our listeners. Uh, we want to know what you think. I'm not getting enough of your tweets. Tweet at me or tweet at us at Yahoo Finance. Uh, We also always write a story to go with every podcast episode. You can find that story on yahoofinance.com. You should comment on the story and let us know. Uh, If you're listening, let us know. You can always review us in iTunes. And that reminds me to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to Yahoo Finance Sportsbook. We're on all the different podcast platforms. And we'll see you next Thursday morning when it will no longer be Thanksgiving. And we'll probably be talking about Christmas. But actually, we'll be talking (laughs) about sports. When's Goodbye Hanuk- now. When's Hanukkah this year? Right. When, when is Hanukkah? Goodbye. Thank you.
0: Stick around. For, Real turkey Stick talk. around for two minutes of nonsense about turkey. <laughs> yeah. Dan, what's your take on Thanksgiving?
1: Love. What's your take on turkey? Love. But I like it dark. You like the dark meat? I like meat. the dark meat. Juicy, now, do you tasty. like gravy?
0: Are you a gravy guy? Nope.
1: I like it raw. That's why the dark because it makes up for it, the juicy. Right. If right. it's light, dry turkey, that does suck. But no, I'm not a gravy so guy. So you
0: have no sympathy for like gravy stuffing. on gravy on white meat?
1: No sympathy?
0: Yeah, like you, like you don't... I mean, a lot of people would say gravy on white meat is basically the same thing as dark meat. It's got the turkey flavor, No, it's plus not it's not the got same. the moisture. No. It might even be Gotta a little bit better, because you've got the salt from the gravy that gives it a little bit extra, whereas the dark meat turkey can get dry in the middle. I think people mm. overrate the moisture that's in a full... Turkey thigh or a turkey leg. Of course,
1: um, it's all about the stuffing for me. That's the most important thing Interesting. at the meal.
0: Never a big stuffing guy. Really? I like it. Maybe you just haven't had the I'll right stuffing. I'll put stuffing next to the turkey and I'll just put gravy on everything, but mm-hmm. the stuffing is, you know. Now, in a related a food preference topic at Thanksgiving,
1: sure. Claire every year complains <laughs> because she loves Southern Thanksgiving. And that includes staples that we would never have in my Thanksgiving cornbread. We don't have cornbread. Uh, ca- um, something casserole. But it's with green, you know, green bean, green casserole. bean casserole. We have that. We don't have That's that. That's good. No, she wants that. They put cornflakes on it. We yeah, we don't have that. Yeah.
0: It's um, like I don't you know, know if it's a Southern thing. I think it's just like a '60s thing. Like my grandmother, right, who's 90, makes thing. it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, I think my aunt makes it now, but
1: yeah. Mushroom soup. Yes. Yes. She yes. That. Oh yeah. yeah. No yeah. No soup. Oh yeah. And why would you have soup?
0: No. Well, we have butternut squash soup. <laughs> so about
1: the bird and the stuffing. That's it. Yep. Pull it out the butt. Put it back in.